Dr. Rick Wallace dropping in on you. Hope everybody is having an unbelievable week to this point. I don't care what you're going through, what's happening, what's going on, uh, no matter where you're at. If you're still breathing, you are still in the fight. And if you're still in the fight, the win is within your grasp. Don't ever quit. Don't ever give up. Don't ever turn back. Keep fighting. On that note, look, I'm about to uh, bring you something today. I hope it blesses you. I hope that it encourages you, it inspires you, and it challenges you. Uh, a lot of people are have literally been conditioned uh, through a number of different engagement modems to become emotionally charged, but not really take action. And unfortunately, in that conditioning of getting charged and not taking action, you simply get addicted to the emotional fix of hearing something positive, hearing something encouraging, but it never challenges you. It never opens you up. And so that's important to me. One of the things that I've always done, whether it's been behind the pulpit, whether it's been in front of a huge audience, whether it's been in front of one person is, yes, I want to encourage you. Yes, I want to motivate you. Yes, I want you to be better and, and feel better, but I want you to do better. Because the more you do better, the more you feel better. That's one of the things that I really and truly push. It's like, okay, yeah, get 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 lit with what you get here or whoever you go to for your in, uh, motivation in the morning. You should have a pattern, a literal practice, a habitual ritual of how you start your day to make sure you start your day on the right path. It, it's, it can't be overstated the importance of starting your day outright. So you don't want to leave it to chance. You don't want your day to be uh, dependent upon what your first text message is, what your first phone call is. So what I tell people first and foremost, I don't pick up my phone. I don't open my phone until uh, I finish my morning ritual, which is anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. I don't open it. Why? Because the moment I open that phone, I surrender my personal sovereignty. What does that mean? I su surrender my state of mind to whatever I see on that phone. Maybe it's great news. Maybe I just got a big sale and it's posted. Maybe I just got a deposit from one of my clients paying and, and that's positive. What if the opposite happens? What if that, in other words, how I start my day should be up to me? So what I do is I start my day with gratitude. Before I ever get out of bed, when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is I roll onto my back and I say thank you. Thank you because I am alive one more day for at least one more second. And in that time, I have a chance to do something positive in this world and leave an impact. Then I look over to my left and I see my wife and I watch her take her her take her first breath while me, while I'm observing her. And once I see her take her first breath, I say, thank you again. Haven't even gotten out of the bed yet. I'm saying, thank you. Why? Because for every time I say, thank you, uh, a, a certain amount of dopamine is released into my, my, my bloodstream. 
uh, my frequency and vibration go up. So my energy levels go up. My levels of expectation go up. The gates of abundance start to open. Why? Because gratitude is the pathway to the opens the gate of abundance. It's the pathway to you cannot get things when you are not grateful for where you are first. It doesn't mean you're grateful for the struggle. You're grateful for the things you can see in your life that are positive. And there are always things positive. That's not where we're, we're starting. <coughs> but I just want to encourage you that you start your day out, but you have to be willing after you start that to go out and make things better because the better you become, the more things you control, the more things you control, the more you have access to a higher level of debt uh, uh, associated with your purpose and destiny. The more you experience that, the more fulfilled you become, the, 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 the more capacity you have to create your happiness because you're responsible for it, no one else, and you are able to do that. Let, let, let's move a little bit further. One of the things that I want people to do is to break away from the negative thinking, break away from all of the apprehension. Because when I talk to people and I'm talking to them about procrastination, I'm talking to them about why they can't move, why they can't take it. It's all in this apprehensive uh, mode of trepidation where they are sitting up and they are contemplating what can go wrong. They are logically examining uh, what can go wrong. And here's the problem with logic. Logic is the thing that tends to talk people out of their vision, out of their dreams, out of logic is responsible for so many cases of dwarfed goals and colorless dreams and lowered expectations. Because when you examine something from the place of logic, then it starts to show you the possibilities of risks and the consequences of certain risks or the potential consequences of certain risks. And what happens? You start to look at it and say, man, I can't afford to do that. I can't afford to have that happen. I don't want that to happen. Oh, that seems painful. Oh, man, I, no, I'm just going to sit right here in this place. And come see. It, 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 it was illogical. Logic said it's impossible for man to create something in which would allow him to fly. But the Wright brothers became illogical in their pursuit of it. And because of it, we fly now without even giving it a second thought. Logic said there's no way you can communicate with another person in another city. And Alexander Graham Bell said, no, we're going to figure it out. And then Logic said, well, you can talk to somebody in another city, but you got to have all these wires and all this stuff connected. And somebody says, no, we're going to take a wireless approach. I'm going to look into this cellular idea. I'm going to look into this wireless idea. And it was illogical. Uh, somebody said that you can never run the mile in under four minutes. And Roger Bannister said, no, I'm going to go ahead and say, but the, 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 not only can you not run it, but if you do run it, it's going to kill you because your heart's going to explode. And Roger Bannon said, I'm going to be illogical and I'm going to be radical in my approach. I'm going to be radical in my pursuit of what I believe I deserve in this life. I'm going to be radical in everything that I desire to have. I'm going to be radical. I'm going to be illogical. You're going to have to get away from the logic because logic is 
is, is, is part of a training that has taught you to remain within a certain construct and not to explore anything outside of the confines of that construct. And when you decide to get out, logic comes in and starts to point out all the things that could possibly go wrong. Logic never looks at the possibility of what might happen because logic has trained you to be what we call, based on our social construct, reasonable. But all the things that you look at and you ooh and you are about was because somebody decided I'm not going to be reasonable. I'm not going to be logical. I'm going to be radical in my pursuit. I'm going to be illogical in my expectations. I'm going to raise the level of my desires. I'm going to raise the level of my expectation. And when I do that, when I raise the level of my desires, raise the level of my expectation, raise the standards at which I am uh, establishing for myself, I start to reap the benefits of my investment in myself. It's undeniable a part of the way God designed the universe, but you have got to get up and you've got to be illogical in your pursuit. Here's the other thing, and I'm going to be done today. Let me tell you something. Stop waiting on somebody else to do the exceptional and extraordinary in your circle. Do you know what? I can tell you from experience and I can tell you also from observation that it only takes one person to change the complete trajectory of an entire family. It only takes one person to decide I'm not going to follow the old model. I'm going to move in a way that uh, uh, it, it, it allows me to do something different. I am not going to be just the next person in a long line of generational poverty. I'm not going to be the next person in a long line of generational trauma. I'm not going to be the next person in a long line of only being able to see myself as an employee. I'm going to step out. I'm going to change my thinking around money. I'm going to change my thinking around entrepreneurship. I'm going to change my thinking about how uh, I deal with my emotion. I'm going to raise my emotional intelligence. I'm going to raise my emotional awareness. I'm going to be aware of who I am. I'm going to walk into the fullness of my design. I am going to be that person who changes the trajectory of this family moving forward. I am going to be the example that bleeds out hope into my family because I am not going to perpetuate failure any longer. One person is all it takes. One person is all it takes. Great-grandmother Great-grandfather, none of them graduated high school. I think my great-grandmother was got the furthest. She made it to a level. Mom and dad didn't graduate high school. But I not only graduated, I got a degree, got another, and moved on. And now I have children, several, who have already graduated college. It was an expectation. Even if we don't like college and we don't think college is what we want, we're going to at least go in and get an associate degree. 
we're going to go in because we're going to complete it. This, this isn't even about anybody else. This isn't about employment. This isn't about money. This is about perpetuating a desire to be better and to learn. And then we're going to take what we wanted while we're in college uh, for however many years we commit to going, we're going to determine what we are. And so now I have business owners in my line. I got a 19 year old moving into her office today and I'm so excited because you never know when you're dropping them seeds, what's going to happen. But what I'm telling you, you know, I got another one that 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 is just unbelievable. I mean, just, you know, I'm talking about where it was unheard of at one point. The barrier broke. The dam broke. And now there's a flood of hope in my family. I ain't done yet. I'm taking my family somewhere. And what I want to encourage you to do is to be that person, to be the person that breaks the dam. This isn't no, this isn't a mark against anybody in the past. They did what they could. What my grandfather did, my grandfather was the son of a sharecropper. He was born in, it's my great grandfather actually who reared me. He was born the son of a sharecropper. At seven years old, he had to drop out of the second grade and go out in the field and work. So he he, he didn't have an, a, a, an option. He didn't have a choice. He was out there working, and that's what they did. But he came, and he had a drive, and he ended up doing exceptionally well for a black man in the South with a second-grade education. He became a master welder for one of the largest all-rig builders uh, in America. Dresser Industries. He worked for Dresser Clark and retired after 30 years in 1972. But he wanted more for me. My grandmother the same way. My grandmother ended up owning her own beauty salon, but she never had the college education. And they did well for where they came from, but they wanted more from me. They wanted so much more for me that my grandmother reached inside of her bosom and pulled out her money sock and bought the entire encyclopedia Britannica from the encyclopedia salesman in 1972 when I was five years old because she knew I had a passion to learn and she had taught me to read at an early age and here it was he's knocking on the door and he's showing this and I'm looking at it and I'm literally salivating at the the idea that I'm going to have an encyclopedia and, and, and she bought it for me you know how I repaid my great my great grandmother who I just called mama you know how I repaid her I read every volume of that encyclopedia, uh, Britannica, by the age 10. Come in. And and I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Be that person. Be that person that changes the trajectory of your family. Now, I have a couple of things that I want to share with you real quick. If you look in the description box, if you look in the description box, you're going to see two two offers. The first one is real huge. And this is only for the first person, and it's only for the day until five. The first person who purchased a bronze package to work with me, which is a 12-week session, 12-week session. If the first person who purchased it will have a free upgrade to a platinum package, that's 52 weeks, and that is a $10,500 value. I'm doing that today. I'm doing the free upgrade for the first person who does it, the first person only. And second, uh, 
This is my 20th of 24 published books, Critical Mass, The Phenomenon of Next Level Living. Look, anyone who purchases this book today, today only, will get a free rapid change breakthrough session, which is a value of $350. The links for both of these offers are in the description book. I'm having some people come into the office doing some things, so I'm going to go ahead and get off so I can communicate with them. But I definitely encourage you to raise the bar. On that note, I'm out of here. You guys have an unbelievable day.